0: hello and welcome to dfs coach talk it is sunday april 26th 2020 i am andrew hansen very happy to be joined by brett trimble my partner on these sunday podcasts brett how are you doing today
1: good it's uh it's been a fun weekend especially with the draft going on in the nfl and seeing how the eagles selected no questionable decisions but uh Overall, it was a good draft, and I enjoyed watching it. Did you uh, enjoy watching it, too?
0: Yeah, I did. Nice to get some you know, real sports activity that's going to impact the teams and the standings down the road. And I know you don't want to talk about that
1: second-round pick by the Eagles, but i got to ask you, <laughs> what do you think about drafting Jalen Hurts? Uh, I, I really don't know what was going on with Raleigh uh, Roseman's mind. I, I don't know if he was just trying to kill – couple birds with one stone and just making sure we had a backup quarterback long term or he's just subbed, like indirectly saying Carson Wentz is leaving us. But I think I guess in the long run, it would be good because we have a backup quarterback. But, you know, Jalen Hurts likes to win. He likes to lead a team. So I can't really see him being in Philadelphia for that long, but uh we'll see how it goes. Maybe it's just trade bait. So we'll see it how it pans out.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, it makes some sense to me with Wentz being injury prone, but he is younger. You know, you, you talk about the, the pick that the Packers made um, getting a quarterback of the future and, you know, it makes a little bit more sense to me because Aaron Rodgers is in, in his mid to late 30s. But, um, you know, maybe the Eagles are thinking about using Hurts a little bit like Taysom Hill and and they, you know, got that solid backup like, yeah. like they used to have in Foles in case Wentz goes down.
1: Yeah, I, I did remember reading some reports on it uh, about saying how he they were going to run a two-quarterback system. And then I, I also saw reports that Jalen Hurts had no idea what he was doing in Philadelphia. So <laughs> it's right after the draft. So, I mean, I, I expect we would get a clear answer once things die down. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, the season's not for a couple months. Hopefully it doesn't get canceled. Because I, uh, I already miss the NFL. I already miss football. So, uh.
0: Yeah, well, thankfully we got the draft. And speaking of news of getting back on the field, uh, as we were chatting about beforehand, some optimistic uh, times here for the NBA with the NBA announcing that teams are able to open their practice f- facilities uh, depending on what state. So
1: really positive sign for the NBA. Yeah, and uh, I believe the date was May 1st. Uh, If your state government uh, decides to reopen it, um, the NBA would allow you to practice, so that's great news. Uh, Hopefully, uh, we have a safe reopening, uh, and we have sports come back soon. I know NBA and NHL are all resuming, talking about possibly just going straight to the playoffs due to the timing, because, you know, we've lost about a month and a week right i think it's like day 40 something of quarantine feels like day 140 something i agree Mm -hmm. i mean i've just been encapsulated in my room up here in rochester but uh, it's exciting i mean there is some light at the end of the tunnel which is great Uh, i can't wait to see sports come back and we're gonna be loaded when it comes back we're gonna have a lot of sports with baseball hockey and basketball So I'm going to be glued to the TV watching all those games.
0: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So um, if you're new to the program, you can uh, check out our website, DFS Coach Talk, as those are the three main sports we cover, baseball, basketball, and football. And we've been doing these podcasts seven days a week to get ready for the resumption of play. But in the meantime, if you want to join the family, you can come grab a weekly, monthly, or yearly membership, and that membership will be frozen until the games start up again. And you can join us in our our chat area called Discord, and we're interacting with our members uh, every day. So we had a lot of fun in there, but we're really going to have a lot of fun when we get these games going, and we're going to be on top of things uh, at DFS Coach Talk, because we've been digging into all three major sports here one day at a time. Today, we're finishing up the AL Central, as Brett's going to break down the White Sox, and then he's going to help me break down the Tampa Bay Rays as we start talking about the AL East. So, Brett, let's get into it. Let's let's uh, let's chat about the Chicago White Sox, who finished third in the AL Central uh, last year, and we've covered the the other four AL Central teams here these last two days. So, what are your thoughts overall on the prospects for the White Sox?
1: I think the White Sox have done a real great job trying to rebuild the team. Uh, I, I know these past couple years they haven't been the strongest team, but this year they really showed a lot of promise. Or last year they actually showed a lot of promise. They finished 72-89, and, 89, uh, 28 and a half games back on the Twins, which the Twins were a powerhouse team in that division. Uh, they they really had a lot of power potential in uh, Mancada, Abreu, and they also added two big names in, in Carnacion and Grandal. So uh, – they really have a solid power core in their lineup, which is great. Uh, it's only going to help them, you know, empty the bases when Anderson gets on base and uh, when you had the new guys like Roberts and Garcia. And um, it's it's. I think this team's really going to possibly mesh together really well this year, considering they're young. Um, it, a lot of prospects that have been coming up. Um, Luis Roberts, I think, was... Ranked third in the entire prospect system, and now he's getting his chance to be a full-time starter this year, which is great. Um, and Leroy, L- oh my God, <laughs> Mr. Garcia is—that's um, a good way to do it. Yeah, Mr. Garcia is—he's also getting a starting job in the in the field as well, which it's great because now I, I feel like they have a really firm, uh, real firm starting lineup that they can go off of every day. And uh, I I know teams are going to switch in and out, which is normal. You're going to have injuries. But I feel like this is the first time this year where they I can say, oh, great, they have nine filled out, and that's their nine for the whole year. So uh, the starting the bad in order I have projected for this year is 10 Anderson. I have Jon Mankata, Jose Abreu. Yasmany Grandall, Edwin Encarnacion, Eloy Jimenez, Nomar Mazara, Luis Roberts, and Mr. Garcia, because I don't <laughs> want to his name again. Lauri. Um, <laughs> Lauri. Also there. known as Mr. Garcia. Mr. Garcia. Um, so let's just dive into the bad order and uh, see where we can go from there. Number yeah, one. Tell me, tell me about Tim Anderson here. Tim Anderson had a really good year last year. Uh, He was 26, batted 335, had 18 home runs, 56 RBIs, and 17 stolen bases. Uh, The Home runs are good. The batting averages are great. I mean, Tim Anderson could be a really solid DFS pick, depending on, like, if he's on a hot streak. I know there was times last year where he was streaking. Like, I, I believe there was, like, a week last year where he had, like, Four home runs, and then I remember he got into this huge brawl because some pitcher threw at him because he was just going crazy. And uh, I, I remember playing him last year. His on-base percentage is three fifty seven, which means you, he doesn't walk a lot, so you're not going to get your fantasy points from there. Seriously, he only have, 15 walks last year. He yeah. Had five, it, he had 500 at-bats. Yeah. Uh, it, I just saw that, and I'm like, to be fair, he hasn't always been known to walk. I mean, if you look at his past seasons, he had the highest amount of times he's been walked is 30 times, and that was 2018. So, I mean, he he. Good, good thing walked. his batting
0: average is over 330.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I. It's, <laughs> maybe he's got to get more plate discipline, you know. Um, but he he's a really solid leadoff uh hitter for the White Sox. Um, he can really get on base. Uh, if he gets his walks up there, definitely having over 400 on base percentage. Uh, I personally like him a lot. Uh, if he's sh- if he's streaking, I would definitely play him before his salary gets up there. Because I do remember last year that he was um early, like low three thousands, and then he ended up going nearly four thousand when he was he had that really good week. So he's unplayable once you get to that point because he doesn't really walk. So and his home runs are comes and goes. I mean. 18 home runs is pretty good for a shortstop, though, I do have to say. So what are your thoughts on Tim Anderson?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the general overview. And in these simulations, he's a lot cheaper. He's down at 2,600, and I think he's one of the three best value plays on the White Sox. I mean, there's a lot of guys here who can hit home runs. um, So we'll be talking about that as we go. But he averaged 11.13 FanDuel points last year. Uh, So at 2,600, he's a great price right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. I just I don't know why, but for Fanduel, they for some reason they love to inflate prices, mm-hmm. and it, and it bothers me so much. But can't control it, can't hate it, so you just gotta move on with
0: it.
1: That's um, right. At the, so here's what's interesting with the White Sox starting line uh, bad in order. I keep saying starting lineup. They could move. They could have the same players, but they can move them around. So. In my eyes, Tim Anderson's one. He's going to be a guaranteed one for me. But he, the number two spot is interesting because you could start going into the power of the order or you could throw in, uh, Laurie Garcia or Luis Roberts. You could throw them up there too and push everyone down. Uh, but for me, I, I think it's, uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to say number two is going to be, uh, Mankata at third base and, uh. He had a he he had a really good year last year. Um, he got a 315. He had 25 home runs, 79 RBIs. His on base percentage was 367. Uh, he walked more than Tim 10, 10 Anderson though. He's at 40 walks. So
0: now um, we're talking. <laughs> now we're
1: talking. We're talking decent walks now. Um, and it almost reminds me of Bryce Harper. I I hear he strike out or strike out hit. Maybe walk, but that's, that's how it is. But uh, he, he's—I really liked him last year. He's got the power. He can get on base. Uh, he, if I recall last year, they had him at the three or four spot majority of the year. Um, he, I—I I really liked him a lot. He can clear the bases. He can get on base. Um, he's just a really solid overall hitter, and that's something. That the White Sox will need come to in the future when they have a when they're trying to make a push for the playoffs or when they're trying to do better than last year. But Moncada's a really good power hitter, got a lot of pop, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits if he aims for 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, uh, especially with this new team. I expect them to be getting on base a lot more, and I I think he could him Abreu and Grandal are going to be clearing bags left and right, so.
0: Yeah, he, you're right. He had over 150 strikeouts last year. He's got to cut down on those numbers. And yeah. he batted the, – the place he batted the most last year was in the two-hole. He also oh, saw okay. some days in the four and five-hole, but I agree.
1: I think he's most likely to hit second. Yeah. And then uh, my number three guy is Jose Abreu at first base. Jose Abreu, I recall correctly – at 33 home runs. Yes, 33 home runs, 123 RBIs and batted 284 with a 330 on-base percentage. Did have 152 strikeouts. Did you know Jose Abreu was 32? For some Did, reason that didn't that didn't click with me for a second. I thought he was a lot younger. Yeah, and I think he just
0: turned 33. So yeah. Uh, it's getting up there. Moncada's only 24, so bit of a gap there.
1: I mean, it's, I mean, you can almost look at uh, Jose Abreu being a, a veteran presence, if you will. I mean, I feel like he played. I feel like, I oh, it's he came over to play here. I was thinking he was, like, only played in the MLB, like he went through the minor league system. But I'm pretty sure Jose Abreu came from... Cuba. South, South, yeah, Cuba. But... Uh, Jose Abreu, I feel like he was the guy that cleaned up the bags last year, as you can see from the 123 RBIs uh, and 33 home runs. Uh, if his price point doesn't, if his price points like mid 3000s to low 3,000s, I would roster him almost every time. He's just a really solid hitter. Uh, he can score, he, he can score runs himself. He's 85 runs. He can hit, and he can clear bags can't run the bases though I mean not a shock but he, he's a really solid he's a really solid hitter of the cleanup for the White Sox and I if he stays in the correct price range I you can guarantee I would almost be playing him a lot just um, due, due to the White Sox being underlooked but Jose Brady does have a big name so I wouldn't necessarily say he would go underlooked but he wouldn't be rushed a lot but um but Definitely one of my favorite hitters for this team, Mancata and Abreu are my two favorite hitters on this team, just purely based on power and the ability to get on base. So uh, that's my number three hitter I have projected for the White Sox. Uh, let's see, number four is a recent acquisition through the free agency, Asmani Grandal. Um, had a terrific season. In Milwaukee, if I was right. Yep. I think. Yes, and he, he earned himself a huge contract. And that's where he's at with the White Sox. He's only 30. I think he might turn 31. I think he's 30 still. Uh, 28 home runs, 77 RBIs. At a 246, which is all right. But he did have 109 walks. So his on-base percentage was 380. Really solid for a catcher. Um, he gets his average up. I mean, he's always hasn't really been a solid, uh, hit for average guy. I mean, if you look at his past seasons, he's been 246, 241, 247, 228. So, I mean, he hasn't really necessarily hit for average. I think he's more of a hit for power or walks, but, uh, I really, I really do like him. He's another, uh, quote unquote, veteran presence for the team, um, I really think he could mentor the younger players that are coming up because the White Sox do have a deep farm system. Do you think?
0: I, do you think he can mentor Tim Anderson and tell him how to earn a walk? I, I honest,
1: yeah. yeah I mean, if you can teach <laughs> Tim Anderson to look at the ball coming in, <laughs> I, I think he would be. I think Tim Anderson would have a unreal on base percentage. I think he would be like four fifty. <laughs> uh, it's just. I just can't believe we went from what is it like 15 walks to 30 solid. It's funny. They need to learn how to walk cuz they do. The only way you get runs is by getting on base. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching Grandall last year. Uh, he was he was uh, he was a really good So, you play it on Dreffings, there's a catcher spot, but if you play it on fandle, it's combined with first base. Um when I play DraftKings, I, I usually try and find uh, a nice value pick, someone who can, you know, if they, you know, get a hit or if they hit a home run, uh, it, it really helps your lineup because, and I remember Grandel being one of my main picks just purely due to his power of hitting 28 home runs and being able to push the runs in. And uh, he was always relatively cheap. Uh, if I recall correctly, he was like, High two thousands, mid three thousands. I mean, he did vary throughout the season because you know, uh, once you hit a home run, FanDuel loves to just give you five hundred, you know, to your salary. They just love to add it. Um, but really great catcher. I I enjoy watching him. He's a he's a really fun guy to watch, and um, he's going to bring a lot of talent to this team, which is great. Yeah, and uh,
0: looking at the splits here, he's one of the best. Uh, switch hitters in terms of consistency against lefties and righties he hit 11 home runs against lefties and 17 home runs against righties and like you mentioned 380 on base for a guy that gives you 28 home runs uh, so i i really like considering him and, and as you mentioned tough to find a catcher who you can really count on for a high number of fantasy points so definitely a guy to keep an eye on
1: Yeah, for sure, and I totally forgot he was a switch hitter, but yeah, he's great. He's a really talented catcher all around, and I I think he's going to bring a lot of potential. And number five, we have Edwin Encarnacion. Man, has he been bouncing around lately? He was at the Yankees, he was with the Mariners, and then he was with the the Indians. Yeah. And then before that, I think it was the Blue Jays. He's That's making the rounds, but he no matter where he goes, he knows how to hit it out of the park. Oh man, for sure, yeah. Um, he he's definitely. He's, I used to remember the the Blue Jays powerhouse days when they had a uh, Donaldson, Encarnacion, Calabello before you got hit with steroids. That was a that was a fun team to watch when they played the Rangers. Um, so with Edwin Encarnacion, he batted last year. He only played 109 games, which he's 36. He's getting he's getting there. Um, 244 batting average, 34 home runs, 86 RBIs, zero stolen bases. Uh, You know, this was the last year was the first year he didn't have a stolen base. Well, I can't,
0: you know, I'm not too surprised since he's pushing late 30s now.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. I'm like looking at his statistics now, I'm like, huh, first year he didn't have a stolen base uh 3 344 on base percentage uh 58 walks not as good as uh not as good as Grandall but you know he's got a decent amount of walks 34 home runs 86 RBIs nice pop I don't know why but uh, he's consistently I think he's consistently hit over 30 home runs the past I think it must be like 8 years I think he's yeah, yeah. 42 yeah. 36 34 39 42 38 32 34 yeah past eight years, so I, I think he, and he can drive in some runs too, so it's, it's going to be a nice spot, he's in a nice spot, especially if the haters get on base, to bring him in and really uh, get some nice points for RBIs and um, home runs, I mean, it's really crucial to have home runs hitter in your lineups, especially if you're taking down tournaments, and if Encarnacion's in that spot to against the pitcher, I really think he could be, his value would be used really well, especially to take down something like a tournament. But uh, he's a great acquisition. I'm really going to help with the younger prospects as they come up through the system. And uh, maybe he'll teach them how to hit more home runs. So who knows? But uh, yeah, he's
0: a master of that. I mean, you mentioned eight years in a row with 30 plus home runs. And last year he only had 418 at bats yeah. for those 34 home runs. Kind of reminds me of Nelson Cruz that we talked, talked about recently. Yeah. Uh, just, Really impressive home run rate, so um, – and a great price on FanDuel in these simulations for uh, – he's under 3,000 right now, and he averaged over 13 fantasy points a game last year, so uh, another another
1: great value. Yeah, he's great. Now, my number six is Eloy Jimenez. Um, I believe – yeah, last year was his rookie year. He is 22. So fairly young, into the new league. And uh, guess, guess this. He had 31 home runs and 79 RBIs. He uh, he batted 267, and he had 30 walks. So uh, I, I'm right. This was his first year. Let me double check on that. Yeah, you're right. First year. Yeah, and uh, 31 home runs for his first year. It's pretty solid. Uh, I don't almost like. Mike Trout statistics right there when he, um, but he was one of the top prospects in the White Sox organization. Um, he got called up last year, played 122 games. Uh, he's really got a lot of pop considering uh, he is a outfielder. So um, uh, he, he can be a great sleeper pick since this is only his second year. And I'm sure his value is going to be there. I'm sure he's going to be not as pricey as some of the big names for say that run the outfield. So I'm sure if you're looking for a value pick, you could, you know, you could look at him because he definitely has the pop. He, I mean, he's six, 205 pounds. So he's a he's huge. So I, I really think if you're trying to stack your outfielders with big names and you need a value pick somewhere, I think he could. I think Jimenez could be a great pick for you. Um. Because he's got the home run upside, he's got the RBI upside, and yeah, I mean he's only going to get better from here. I mean he's 22, so uh, hopefully he plays more games this year. Even though I can't really say that because season shortened, but um, I almost got really excited there playing 162 games. <laughs> but um, <Yeah. laughs> just daydreaming, just yeah. dreaming of 162. Exactly. Probably yeah, gonna we- have to wait till next year for that. Yeah, I I know I I have MLB TV on my TV and I, I could put the up to nine games off and I can't do that now. But um, yeah, he's really he's a really exciting player to watch. So I I definitely would use him a ton in the value pick areas because I know he's not I know he's probably not going to be priced too high start the beginning of the year. So uh, enjoy him before he gets up there, and you're gonna have to start making better decisions. Um. Definitely a solid, solid number six hitter. So, number you have anything to say about Jimenez? No,
0: I agree. I mean, a guy who's, like you said, likely to hit in a six hole, who hit 31 home runs last year in his first season. I mean, this team is ripe for stacking. The oh, guys for sure. One through six, you got so many guys with pop. Um, I mean, they're just going to be hitting bombs left and right and – For a team that only won 72 games last year, you know, to add the four and five hitters who can give you 30 plus home runs, they're going to be
1: they're going to be monsters. Crazy. And I I can't wait to start reading the statistics on the season. Um, It's one of my favorite things to do in DFS is read the statistics and fully understand how a player reacts to certain situations and certain pitchers. And I think this is the first year where I'm actually going to take Chicago serious because yeah. as much as they did well last year, you were it, it, they were always looked at as, for say, a tournament stack because, you know, they weren't really consistent. Uh, They they only did well against certain teams. But this year, I, I really think since they added uh, Edwin Encarnacion and Yasmany I re- I really think they're a solid team to look at to stack. I mean – they could be a really great mid-tier or low-tier stack depending on their salaries. Uh, granted, I mean Encarnacion and Grandal are probably going to be priced up when the season gets back due to the, you know how they did last year and the popularity and how you know how it's usually calculated. But there, I this is I'm I'm happy to say this is the first year that I would gladly stack them against a pitcher that's not so hot or maybe a pitcher that's three, four, five on the rotation and. It could always go off then, so. Absolutely. Well, what about the bottom of the order here, starting with Mazzara? Mazzara. Um, Mazzara, I got to say, Mazzara's got a beautiful swing. I don't know why. <laughs> I just enjoy watching his swing a lot. Um, he was recently, he was acquired this offseason, right? I believe. Yeah, <laughs> you, right. Um, yeah,
0: he finished the year in Texas last year,
1: right? Yeah, I, he would I'm double checking he finished a year in Texas and then um, I think he signed as a free agent to the white sox um, yeah he traded t- traded on December 10th for oh, a minor okay. leaguer okay all right so he's traded I thought I I wanted to assume a trade but I didn't want to I want to put wrong information out there but um uh, really solid outfielder uh, he's young he's 24. So uh he's got a lot of got a lot of time ahead of himself, uh, if he keeps producing. Um two sixty eight there is three eighteen on base percentage, nineteen home runs, sixty six RBIs, four stolen bases. Uh Randell needs to teach this guy how to walk too. Uh <laughs> yep. twenty eight walks and four hundred and twenty nine at bats. That is uh that's not the greatest, but um, uh, he, he's definitely definitely got some pop for being an outfielder. Um, despite only playing 116 games last year, I I feel like if he played the full, maybe 162, like if he played maybe like 140 something, I I definitely could see him maybe being like in the 20s home runs and maybe like 70s 80s for RBIs. Um, he's definitely a really solid value outfielder pick. Um, he just got the pop. Uh, he can really, he, I'm sure he, he got the upside to definitely put one over the fence against the correct pitcher, but I know also Texas is not totally known for home runs, so we'll have to see how this year pans out. Uh, new stadium, new atmosphere, so um, we got to see how he reacts to that. Uh, I don't know if you read this in like DFS. There's some DFS companies that go in depth about stadiums, like, I know radar radar has like stadium rankings with like the weather and uh, or radar grinders, my bad. And DFS army has that too, where they, where they calculate like the, and I don't know off the top of my head, but like they calculate like the percentage increase or decrease that a home run might happen, stuff like that. And, and uh, Yeah, it's a, it's a nice
0: feature and, and something we're going to work on once we finally get an announcement of what stadiums they're each team is going to play in. Yes, we'll be, sure. on, we'll be on top of that for the season opener.
1: That's true. So um, I, I hope Mazzaro has a good year this year. Uh, he's, he's a young guy, and I, I like to see him in the in the bigs for a long time. I know he was a really hyped up minor league prospect in the early 2010s. Um, I, I think he I think he'll succeed well under this new team because I know he was. I think he was switching in and out with a bunch of people with for the Rangers. So this I think this would probably be the first year where this is well, first year in like two years where you have a solid spot in the starting lineup.
0: Yeah, and after a good start in the spring, he batted three sixty four before yeah. the stoppage. So
1: yeah, good start. It's a good start for him in the spring. Uh, let's see if he can well been a long time, but hopefully he can bring it into the regular season. At number eight, I have Luis Rob- Roberts Roberts. How would you pronounce that? Robert. Robert. Yeah. Like almost like Gobert. Like yeah, Go exactly. Gobert. <laughs> so, Robert. All right. Well, that makes it ten times easier for me. So this is his first season. Um, this this man's this man's minor league stats were crazy. Andrew and I were talking about it right before this call, this podcast. So he's been in single A all the way up to triple A this past season. Um, at the age of 21, he hit 32 home runs, batted 328, and knocked in 92 runs. And that's from single A to triple A. And I, I I just remember and you mentioning this to me, and I was like extremely baffled to hear that. Those numbers are crazy especially going in between you know the different tiers of the minor league system i mean you have players that start in single a and never make it to double a or players that make it to double a and never you know make it to triple a and I, I just it's crazy how the white Sox just kept calling him up after you know just smoking the minor leagues and that he deserves a spot obviously in the um in the starting rotation this year uh, great outfielder um this is what the projections are from Roto Ch- champ. They have projections with the projected starting lineup. Um, he's projected 26 home runs with 73 RBIs and 26 stolen bases.
0: If they get that out of an eight-hitter, that's going to be sick.
1: Yeah, that, that would be that, – that's just crazy. And, of course, those numbers are inflated because, you know, they're minor league – they're basing it off minor league numbers. I mean, if you get that out of an eight hair, I mean, the White Sox are in for a deep run in the playoffs. That's some nice, a nice lineup they have right there. Um,
0: yeah, and he's got that power speed combo. He was a 30-30 guy oh, last yeah. year in the minors. Yeah, and in only 122 games, he put up those gaudy numbers. So if he's going to bat in the eighth in the eight hole and be cheap, you know, maybe he's a guy we can play early in the season and, and be ahead of the curve. Before everybody really wakes up to how good this guy is.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely gonna keep him in my pool of value picks. I, I'm gonna have a lot of White Sox in my value picks and a lot of stacks. You know, I'm gonna find out which stacks are gonna work for me and and play them in tournaments. Because I mean, Roberta I mean, he's gonna be so underlooked since it's just like his first year. But I definitely think you if you want to look for someone that's under. Not necessarily under the radar, but kind of on the low. I mean, he wouldn't be your first choice, per se. Um, he's definitely one of those players, and it, I would definitely trust him with the minor league stats that he's put up. I mean, going third for 30 in the minors is insane, and if you if you give him a full season, yeah, he definitely would be probably a 30 for 30 guy in the regular season <laughs> as well. So um, he's an exciting young prospect I'm looking forward to watch. Um I, and I can't I can't wait to start watching this team with the one the young talent pool they have and just seeing what how the team's gonna move in the general direction. It, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna enjoy watching it. No doubt. Who you got in the nine hole? leori leori Garcia. Yes. Mr. Garcia. So <laughs> last year, Mr. Garcia batted two seventy nine with a three ten on base percentage. Um Eight home runs and 40 RBIs and 15 stolen bases. Uh, he plays second base for the White Sox. And uh, he only has 21 walks, so I feel like if the White Sox just worked on their walks, they would they would have more runs coming in and uh, it would be better for the team. Uh Mr. Garcia, I really wouldn't play him. I necessarily wouldn't play him. I mean, just in general, the MLB is stacked in the infield. I mean, there's tons of picks you can have in the infield, but um, I uh, I'm hope hope for him to have the best of seasons. I mean, he did have the starting role last year, which was his first season of having the starting role at second base. Uh, had 140 games played. Um, I, I think he I think he He's a great nine hole hitter. I mean, he's not totally out of the picture. I think he can definitely do some damage down there with, um, all the other hitters that are down there, uh, with Robert and Mazarat. She's Christ! And, um, I think he can, um, I think he'd be great. I think he's going to be great for the lineup, but necessarily DFS perspective, I really wouldn't play him that much. I mean, you could probably agree with me at that point. He's,
0: yeah, I mean certainly but,
1: um,
0: probably the, the the guy would be least likely to play not only for his stats but the fact that he's going to be in the nine hole. But that's – I mean that's saying a lot that we're one through eight are all guys we would consider playing.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, and not necessarily I would rule him out because, again, when you're looking at stacks, you're looking at the, the, play, the hitters – uh reaction to the pitcher like how they do against the pitcher how they do well against the bullpen how they you know so for say let's say like he destroys the orioles for a second i mean if i wanted to stack the lower end of the lineup i mean i for sure would play him but i mean it's a situational kind of player and more often than not he's not going to be your situational hitter that you're going to end up choosing so it's my that's my take on him um but I wish him for the best this year. I hope he and the White Sox succeed with that batting order. I mean it looks stacked when you look at it from paper with multiple players um projected to hit over thirty home runs or near thirty home runs. So Yeah, and you know, we've we've talked about the walks a lot, the lack
0: thereof. Last year they were eleventh in the AL in on base percentage and only at only three fourteen. And slugging they were only thirteenth. They were a 4-14 team slugging. So, again, to add Grandal and Encarnacion in the middle of the lineup, guys that are going to improve both of those numbers in a significant way, uh, this team's offensive prospects are really – I mean, the arrow is really pointing up. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to start, you know, using some of these guys and and stacking some uh, White Sox hitting lineups. How about the pitching rotation? What are you
1: seeing over there? Uh Yeah. I'd say the pitching rotation is still one of the main struggles for uh, the White Sox. They did try and um, get some help with Dallas Keuchel. Um, Necessarily, I I think that they still need more rotation and bullpen work. Um, They do have some upgrades, which is there and present. So, I mean, they are working on it. Like that, like I said, in the Phillies podcast, um, they needed help in the bullpen. They got a little help in the bullpen, but they mainly just kind of went after the starting rotation, see like the guy, if the guy can go seven. All right. We don't have to rely on our relievers that much. And they're, it's kind of that mentality. I feel like with the white Sox are having. Um, Lucas Lucas Galito is back again. Um, he had a bounce back year. Um, Considering his 2018 year, he had a 6.13 ERA. Um, this past season, he was 14-9, and nine, with a 3.41 ERA, 1.06 whip. He had 228 strikeouts. Um, pretty solid. Pretty solid strikeout. Um, a strikeout to walk, so there's 57 walks. So, I mean, that's almost... Four to, that is exactly 4-1. to one.
0: Yes, it is. How about uh, that?
1: <laughs> doing the quick math in my head. I'm like, wow, that just panned out perfectly. Uh, <laughs> I, great young pitcher. Uh, he really has a lot of strikeouts to him. Uh, definitely, definitely. I mean, if you look at the games and come, I mean, that's almost that's that's I mean, he has almost one. He has more than one strikeout per inning. Uh, based on the innings to strikeouts, so I mean he definitely he's definitely got the strikeout upside. Um, you could definitely play him and expect you know seven eight strikeouts depending on how long he goes. Um, I I think let me I'm trying to look up to see his okay yeah he's uh, I, he's 11.6
0: strikeouts per nine yeah and you're right in terms of the bounce back this was I remember he was really hot he started out 10 and one yes so yeah. Um, yeah, they really good. Really promising for a 25-year-old. This guy's, this guy's a nice, um, nice guy to throw out there on opening day.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, his home run per nine was the lowest on the team last year at 1.2. Uh, his walks was the second lowest to Nova at 2.9. So I mean, he's got he's, he's got a lot of uh, potential this year, and he's got a lot of. Um, He's, he's just got a lot of room to grow as being only 25. Um, I, he's definitely one of the younger talents in the in the MLB, and it's more certainly one of the best on the rotation for the White Sox. So uh, it, it would be he's definitely a pitcher uh, you could throw out there, but not always guaranteed to win, unfortunately. Um, but catch him when he's hot. And you'll get those points for the win, of course. So, uh, I really like him. I really think he's a solid pitcher. And uh, I can't wait to see what he puts up this year. Hopefully, uh, he can go on another 10-1 and run like he did last year. Next on the rotation is Dallas Keuchel. Uh, a man who sat out most of last year. Um he went eight and eight last year. Uh, only started 19 games. Uh, 3.75 ERA, 91 strikeouts, 39 walks. His whip was a 137. I uh, uh, I do think he's good, a great upgrade to the bullpen in Chicago. It's another steady piece they have. Uh, they don't have to keep rotating out pitchers like they did last year. Um, I know that. They, they were uh, – let me see. Let me just count this real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And there was nine pitches last year, which is not the greatest, but um, he's definitely another firm piece in the bullpen. Um, I can definitely see him with a longer year uh, have better numbers. Um, I can definitely see him pitching around 200 innings, which is nearly twice as what he did last year which would be great for Chicago. Um, Necessarily, I wouldn't really play him. Uh, Just personal preference. I mean, and I don't know. There's a bunch of other pitchers on the slate you could use. If he's hot, I would definitely take into consideration um, to play him, but... Personally, I feel like if it, unless it's like a really small slate where it's like three or four games, I'm probably going to totally overlook him just for the pure fact that there's always going to be, he's always a mid range pitcher. He's always 8,000 or 9,000. And for me, when I build my lineups, I either go with a stud pitcher or I try and find value. And that medium ground is just, I, I really, it's, I just don't like it personally. Um. Yeah, and his, he just doesn't give
0: enough strikeouts. Only 7.3 yeah. 7. last year, 7.2 career per nine innings. So I agree, you know, the, the name value gets him a little bit more expensive than uh, the, the output. So um, I'd probably pass on him in general as well.
1: I'm, yeah, i passed on him too. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Um, there was a huge name a couple years ago that Chicago drafted. I don't know if you remember him name is Carson Fulmer. He played at Vanderbilt. I believe, yeah, he was a really good pitcher from Vanderbilt. I'm surprised he hasn't made it into the starting rotation. Uh, well, who knows? I haven't been paying attention that closely to them. Um, but I just messed up. Okay. Uh, Okay. So the next guy I have on the rotation at number three is Ronaldo uh, Lopez. Uh, 25 years old. Uh, last year wasn't the greatest year. Um, 184 innings, 10 wins, 15 loss, 538 ERA, 146 whip, 169 strikeouts. Uh, again, there's no reason really to play him. Uh, He is a young pitcher, so maybe he'll have a better season this year, but necessarily I feel like the whole staff is young except for Gio Gonzalez and Keiko. So you have to be careful who you choose on the rotation staff because it could blow up, and next year you know, you're stuck with negative points. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. ERA over five, gives up gives up home runs, not enough strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. I'll
1: pass. I'll pass on him as well. Yeah. Um, so for okay, I'll talk about that guy last. At the number four spot, I have Dylan Keys. Um, 23. He's a really young guy. 23, uh, 73 innings pitch, four wins, four losses, 5.79 ERA, 1.55 WHIP, 85, 81 strikeouts. Uh, another young pitcher. Necessarily, wouldn't look at him to play uh, unless he's streaking. I wouldn't really play him because I he still needs to improve. Uh, he has a, a nearly a six ERA. Um, uh, so that's not for me necessarily. <laughs> um, the last guy I want to talk about on the pitch and rotation is Joe Gonzalez, the old vet. Um, this is his 12th season of coming up. Um, he was scheduled to, if I'm right, he was scheduled to pitch in spring training, but he had some shoulder issues uncomfort in his shoulder. So they shot him down, they took safety precautions and they didn't play him. Uh, this past season he only started he only pitched in nineteen games. I mean he had eighty seven innings, three wins, two losses, three point five year array, one twenty nine whip, 79, 78 strikeouts and thirty seven walks. I mean it's decent for being thirty three or thirty four. Um, not not a huge guy I would rely on. So that's basically the starting rotation I have, 1 through 5. Uh, their closer, uh, I have Alex Cologne. Um Last year, he did pretty good. Uh, he had 30 saves. And then, uh, he had... Let's see, he had Uh, He pitched in 62 games, 61 innings. He gave up 42 hits, 28 runs. Out of those 28 runs, 19 were earned. Only gave up seven home runs last year, uh, which is great. Had 55 strikeouts, so definitely a solid closer. Um, He was on the Tampa Bay Rays. He had 47 saves in one season, so he's definitely got the potential. So I think he's a great closer, and uh, but overall, their bullpen could use some work. Uh, it's iffy, but I definitely can see them getting through games. So, uh, that's my wrap on the White Sox. Uh, wherever you're watching it, leave a comment. Uh, give me your thoughts on what you think of them and how you think they're going to play out this year. And uh, Mr. Hansen, I believe it's your turn to do the Tampa Bay Rays. Yes, yes, indeed. It's transition to the, to the Rays, and it's a bit of
0: a a a bit of a reversal from the White Sox. You know, with the White Sox, you highlighted all those great hitters, power up and down the lineup, and then the pitching staff, really, other than Giolito as the ace, not much to really attack. Uh, for the Rays, though, it's really the reverse. For a team that won 96 games last year, I, I'm just really not in love with this lineup at all. Uh, pitching is a different story. They've got a great, uh, great staff. But let's get into uh, the batting order first. I mentioned that Tampa got to 96 wins last year. The only team to have the same record at home and on the road, exactly 48-33 and 33 last year at the Trop and then away from the Trop. Um, it could be because they really don't get many fans at home.
1: Just, I was just about to say that. I was about to say maybe they get more fans elsewhere, and that's why they – Yeah, terrible turnout.
0: I, I actually lived in that area for three winters. And I went to opening day once. It was against the Red Sox, and there were far more fans for the Red Sox than the Rays. Just unfortunate. Um, but if they're playing in you know different ballparks this year uh, because of the situation we're in, then they'll have a bit of an edge. Where, you know they're not they're not afraid to win on the road. So no. um, that'll be fun to watch. But in terms of hitting, last year, eleventh in the American League in home runs, they were sixth in batting average, seventh in slugging. So you know, As we'll get to here in a minute, the, the pitching staff definitely carry them. There's only three hitters that I'm going to look to target on a regular basis, and the first guy I'm going to mention is one of them. That's Austin Meadows, a young lefty in the outfield uh, who got 33 home runs last year, slugged 558 um, off to a really cold start this year in the spring, but um, that's a that's a nice way to start uh and they've got to be excited about his future uh
1: young uh with all that power yeah he's one of my favorite hitters in tampa bay for sure uh i definitely rostered him a lot last year that's all i gotta say Mm -hmm. uh
0: in the two hole i'm projecting brandon lowe a second baseman who had a great start to the season then he got injured uh 17 home runs In only 296 at bats, and he was third in rookie of the year voting. Um, 514 slugging, nice number for a second baseman. Started well in spring, batting 350. Um, So there's a guy I would consider. He's a little bit overpriced, but uh, he'll be a good guy to watch. Um, You know, really a young star uh, for Tampa there with that great performance. Last year, the number three hitter is a guy that I'm I'm going to target more often. Yandy Diaz. He is just cheap, you know, because of his price, really. You know, his numbers aren't quite as good as low um, in terms of power, even though he's a corner infielder. Uh, he hit 14 home runs in 307 at bats. Also dealt with injury. So we'll, we'll see how those guys develop, if they can stay healthy for a full season. But in these simulations, he's only $2,500. Um, so I think he's a little bit underpriced. Another guy with a good spring. Uh, so they definitely have to be excited about those two guys, you know, the top of the lineup.
1: Yeah, they definitely have a really solid top of the lineup for Tampa Bay. Uh, I just remember last year how – I was always like you're relying on Austin Meadows to clear the bases and stuff like that, but hopefully that changes this year. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, the the in speaking of cleaning cleaning up the bases, the cleanup hitter I'm looking at G-Man Choi, first baseman who got you 19 home runs in 410 at bats, but really poor against lefties. He only hit two of his 19 home runs against lefties. So I think there's a decent chance he's, you know, he'll take a seat against left-handed starters this year uh, more often. So that's just a little bit unfortunate for your cleanup hitter um, to be that poor against lefties. And if you just compare him to, you know, all those guys in the middle of the order with the White Sox that you just went through, I'm going to take the White Sox guys every day. So, I mean, it's, First baseman who only averaged 9.28 fantasy points last year per game on FanDuel, not
1: somebody I'm gonna throw out there. No, that's not really a hot. It's not really a hot hitter, and you wouldn't really want him anyway. <laughs> but certainly we'll only play
0: him against righties. Uh, so that's a key split to keep in mind. Next in the five-hole, we've got Hunter Renfro coming over from San Diego, where. He's done a pretty good job hitting the ball out of the ballpark, but that's about it. 216 batting average last year, Brett. Gotcha. On base, on base only 289, and now he's switching leagues, and so he's got to f- uh, face off against a whole new group of pitchers.
1: almost uh, like a reset, almost. <laughs> you know, I guess he's almost going for like a complete reset, you know, see so yep. if he can find this groove again. Mm-hmm. Yep, that'll be a big adjustment
0: for him and started out hitting 200 in spring. So uh, I'm not going to play him. Sixth hole is often going to be filled by Yoshi Sutsugo, who's coming over from Japan. This will be his rookie year. He's 28 years old. He's got uh, some good history in in Japan. He's hit 205 home runs. Knocked in over 600 runs. in It's been 10 years, but really with injuries, it, it makes out. It works out to the equivalent of about six and a half or seven full years. So you're looking at a guy who's used to, you know, hitting at that rate of about 25 homers, 90 RBI. So that that'll be a fun guy to watch. He's really cheap, and so he's the third guy in this lineup that I might target early in the season. As for the bottom of the order. Uh, we've got Willie Adames the shortstop in the seven hole. Uh he's a key part of their future. So they have got to be excited about up the middle their up the middle defense. Um he he uh he knocked out 20 home runs last year and the, the key stat for him is uh, the splits again. He batted 292 against righties but only 181 against lefties which is Pretty surprising, you know. He's a right-handed hitter, but uh, I think that's the key takeaway for for me on Adames is to only play him against righties. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't, I feel like that's like I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. That kind of just is like a shocker to me how it's so uh, unbalanced, if you will. How so much better from the one side. Maybe you should yeah play only on that one side. You know, maybe. That's just crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, they've got to just battle through it, you know, because
0: of his strong defense. So, you know, we'll see if he can come up with some better splits this year. But um, that's how I'm going to approach him starting out the season. And then eight, nine hitters, guys that I'm not going to play. Kevin Kiermeyer out in center, batting eighth. 14 home runs and 19 steals. So he was the most prolific base stealer on the team. But he's overpriced for his for the the return on value that you're getting, terrible spring batting 125, so I'm not, not going to play him. Their catcher Mike Zunino hitting ninth, uh, another guy that is just not going to cut it. Batted 165 last year with only nine home runs. Um, no thanks. Two guys off the bench I want to mention are Daniel Robertson, who's a utility. Utility player, only batted 213 last year and 200 at-bats to give you two home runs. So not a guy that we're going to play. And then Jose Martinez, here's the one other potential Mm -hmm. value play. Coming over from St. Louis, where he's a career 298 hitter. Last year, he only batted 269. But how's this for one more split for you? In his career against lefties, he's batting 331. So if we can get him, you know, here and there playing first base or outfield or DH at a really good price like say twenty five hundred. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get him low owned and get some, some decent production out of him. You I, to I that, think, Brett?
1: Yeah, I I think that's great. I think he's he's a really great power hitter. Um he's definitely he's I'm just looking up his statistics now. Um He's he's definitely one of my favorite hitters that was on St. Louis. And I also got to add to the – on. oh, my bad. I'm taking a song completely else. Okay. So Martinez last year were St. Louis had 10 home runs, and then the year before that he had 17, um, which is funny because he's 6'7", 215 pounds. Um, he's a huge – Huge dude, so I, I would think his power levels would be higher. But um, speaking on top of hitters, I I, I feel like Tampa Bay is still punching themselves about Tommy Pham. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was a really great hitter, and I'm sure they missed the 21 home runs and the 25 stolen bases. But I'm excited to see what Jose Martinez is going to do with this new team. Um, I feel like it's a he's gonna not necessarily like bounce back but I hope he improves on what he's done before so it's him and Meadows are probably the only and the um pardon me who's from Japan again Sutsugo I'm yeah not
0: sure on that pronunciation but
1: yeah I mean those are like the main three players I'd probably keep an eye out in the betting order um and Brandon Lowe so actually four those are like the four main people I would probably watch and um It'll be interesting to see how they play off this year, because uh, I know their pitching rotation is great, but not the hitting. So,
0: yeah, I, I just don't think they're going to win at the same rate as last year with with that with that lineup, because um, it really is the pitching staff that carried them, and I expect to carry them this year. So let's get into that. Let's break it down. They were first in the AL last year in ERA and third in strikeouts. So I'm going to start out with Charlie Morton, who went 16 and 6, ERA just over three, and gave you 240 strikeouts, 11.1 per nine innings. Very low home run rate. He was third in the AL and Cy Young vote. Cy Young voting. Uh, so there's a guy that I'll definitely run out there uh, and pile up the strikeouts. Number two, we've got Blake Snell, uh, the lefty who. Dealt with uh, some injuries. He actually had minor surgery on his left shoulder last year. Missed a couple months. Ended at 6-8 and eight with a 4.29. Um,
1: you know, big down year off the Cy Young in 18. Yeah, I, um, I really hope he has, like, a, a bounce back year this year. Because that 1-2 killer, that 1-2 is huge killer. Uh, especially if you're playing um, on the road and stuff that, that can really help you. Bring a couple wins back from the road and even at home because that I just, no one wants to, you know, face Charlie Morton on day one and then have to come in with the lefty Blake now on the next day. It's just, that, is, cool. that is dirty.
0: Yeah. And, it, you know, he's even better in terms of the strikeout rate 12.4 per nine innings last year. Careers over 10 per nine innings. So, uh, really strong one two punch there third we've got Tyler Glass now he missed four months last year with a forearm injury but he managed to go six and one with a 1.78 ERA a whip under one and he was 11.3 strikeouts per nine so if you just look at the top of this rotation you got three guys they averaged at least 11 strikeouts per nine innings last year and I don't know if you caught the podcast we did the other day on the Royals but None of their starters are even giving you nine strikeouts per nine. So it's yeah. just incredible the, the difference. Uh, and, and we know how valuable strikeouts are in fantasy. So these guys are three terrific options.
1: Oh, for sure. And I definitely would say that on um, if one of those three guys are on the slate, I would for sure look at them. I mean, they're, they're, those three names are definitely the three names you do not want to overlook. I mean – Unless it's based on salary and you're trying to, uh, you know, load up on power hitters. Those are really three solid options that you can always count on. I mean, I wouldn't overlook it at all. So,
0: Yeah, so in terms of the rest of the rotation, these guys, they, they don't give you as many strikeouts. But very effective four and five uh, starters in terms of their, you know, some of their numbers. We've got Ryan Yarbrough, another lefty who... Was 11 and 6 with a 4.13 last year. His WHIP was under one, which is pretty impressive for a guy that could be a fourth starter. And he gave you 141 innings last year.
1: Yeah, that's that, that's crazy to me. I mean, Tampa Bay's rotations just—I feel like it's on another world at this point. But. Yeah, just stocked
0: up. Uh, only 117 Ks for him in those 141 innings. Uh, great start to the spring. Six scoreless innings with seven strikeouts. So he's a fourth starter that you could uh, you can invest in. The fifth starter, Yanni uh, Chirinos. Um, he's the one guy who's giving up some home runs. He gave up 1.6 home runs per nine last year. So I think he's the one guy you could potentially attack with hitters on the other side. But you know, still his WHIP was 1.05. ERA 3.85. Um, so it, it's not like, again, he's not your typical fifth starter.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, Tampa Bay used to do a thing where they would put a closure in first.
0: Yeah, the opener. Would, yeah, Correct. the
1: opener. And then they would um, pull him out after like an inning or two and then just throw in the next guy. Uh, typically, other teams would have a starter. Uh, but they would have an opener and then put their starter in. So I thought that was kind of unique. I mean, I don't really understand the logic behind it. I guess to keep hitters off balance or keep the arms fresh, but yeah,
0: combination it. of both of those things and you know try to prevent the batter from getting to that third at bat against the starter. Um, just get continue to, if you, you continue to get a different look out there, then you're just not going to get comfortable and get that third time through the order against the starter, and it was successful. Uh, from everything I'm reading and hearing, that's probably not going to be the plan this year. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Even Glass now, I heard an interview with him, and he said he wasn't sure if they, would, if they would use that approach this year. But with the five starters we've just discussed, they really don't need to. Um, and, and so my prediction right now is that they won't do that, but we know they could go back to that approach at, at any time.
1: I mean, I'm sure if they go down an arm, they could always pull out the plan if they need it for like a game or two, because they obviously know how to execute it well, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a maybe a handful of games, but otherwise, I agree with you. I do agree that they should stick with just a starter and just have them ride it out until they're done. Yeah, so uh,
0: we'll keep an eye on that. They do have a strong bullpen. They lost Begon, who had 20 saves for them, but... Um, you know, their bullpen was almost as strong as their starters last year with that league-leading ERA. So, um, you know, Tampa, again, is a team that I am not going to attack hitters against them very often, but I'm also not going to stack their hitters. So, um, you know, if we could just combine the White Sox hitters with the the raised pitchers, we might have a Super Bowl contender, or a World <laughs> Series contender.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know about their football skills, but baseball-wise – Oh, yeah, for playoffs. Sure. Yeah, they would be a powerhouse team. I mean, it would almost be unstoppable, I feel like. I feel like they would uh, be Billy Bean in the Oakland A's win streak record. Right. Yeah, but, no doubt.
0: So that's uh, – a- any other thoughts on the Rays before we wrap up here today?
1: I'm not really. I'm kind of disappointed in the route they went with their hitters. Uh. I, as much as they've always been a, like a pitcher dominant team, the past couple of seasons, I really wish they didn't lose Tommy Pham and, or Hunter Renfro. Uh, it's one of those things where you're scratching your head and you're like, why? But, um, but otherwise I really, I really admire their pitching staff. They really have sol- a solid five guys in there that they can count on every day uh, until they're injured. But, you know, it's, the way she goes, but um I really I really like him. I really like him pitching wise and not hidden wise this sure. So, Brett, where can
0: our listeners and viewers find you on Twitter?
1: At uh Deffy underscore DFS. It's D-E-A-F-Y underscore DFS.
0: Excellent. And you can find me at Language Olympic. You can find the entire team at DFS Coach Talk and tomorrow we've got uh another episode we're going seven days a week here we're going to continue to break down the al east uh brett what do you got going the rest of the day you're going to watch the episodes three and four of the last dance tonight
1: i'm gonna try you know it's uh, it's heading the end of the semester so i do have quite a bit of homework so maybe i'll do it and watch the, le- the last dance uh together i mean that'd be great maybe cook up some you know frozen pizza and It's a nice
0: combo. We've got – they're going to be highlighting Dennis Rodman. Oh, I got to watch it now. Oh, it's going to be fun. I mean, that guy – I love watching that guy rebound. And, I mean, he's got to be one of the most entertaining guys off the court also. So uh, that's must-watch television for me.
1: Yeah, I got to watch it now. Now that you mentioned Rodman, that's going to be a great episode to watch. So I hope you guys tune in as well. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, I had a blast doing it with Mr. Hanson. And uh, we got a bunch more coming up. I'm sure it's – we're partnered like every week. So, uh, yeah, yeah, enjoy the day. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, glad you did your homework on the White Sox. Uh, enjoyed teaming up with you here again on another Sunday. Look forward to the next one. And for everyone out there, thank you very much for listening. And please do tune in again tomorrow as we continue to break down the AL East – Here on DFS Coach Talk.